Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. What a start to the weekend we got last night. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. It's great to be with you on this Friday Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Uh, we're going to start with this, though. It's a it's a football story. Not the game last night. We'll get to that. We'll get to the games this weekend. We got uh, Luke coming up at 4 o'clock. We got Bruce. We got High School with Will coming up here in about 30 minutes from right now. We've got two questions. Food Friday. Loaded show, as always, on a Friday. But I want to start with a question. What is the longest, Brian Haydad, you've ever been sedated? Longest you've ever been knocked out before? Surgery, whatever. Longest you've been knocked out? Yeah. I mean, I don't know the exact times, but I've been sedated uh, three times in my life for surgeries. Were they minor procedures, you know, a couple, few hours? Yeah. Uh, I had uh, uh, my tonsils taken out. I've had a colonoscopy, and I had a uh, I had something removed recently. We'll just say that. And uh, I, don't, I don't think any of them were major procedures. Though. Yeah. And, and, you know, sedation, it, it's... They've got it down to a science, literally, and it's generally a pretty safe thing, but sometimes it goes wrong. The reason why I ask this, though, is Dak Prescott showed up to the Cowboys facility recently with a full leg tattoo. Like, his entire leg is covered a very intricate and detailed tattoo on Dak Prescott's leg. I believe there's some Mississippi State elements in it as well, if I remember correctly. I think there are some. Uh, but a really detailed, probably very expensive, full-leg tattoo. Now, I don't have tattoos myself, but I know that even small ones take time. So if you know somebody that's ever gotten an arm sleeve or something like that, it's hours and hours and multiple sessions to finish that. I, I might know somebody like that, yeah. So a little bit different for Dak Prescott, because he showed up to the facility and Mike McCarthy was like, whoa, when, how did you get that? Like, you just show up here and your leg is fully tatted. How did you find the time for that? That is when his quarterback revealed to him that he was sedated for 11 hours to get his tattoo done in one session. He went under sedation for 11 hours and did not tell the team. That's that's kind of risky. Yeah. Like the last couple times I've I, I've been sedated, they've been they, you know they come in and they explain what's going to happen, and they're like, 
we're giving you the Michael Jackson drug. This is what he took, but there wasn't, you know, a professional nearby to bring him back. Basically, you're dead for a second. Like, that's very risky to be under for that long. Jerry Jones uh, Come on, man. Uh, apparently not really thrilled with, uh, <laughs> with not knowing. I bet, about, yeah. Here's his quote. I certainly didn't know that he was under for 10 hours, technically 11, but whatever. Just so you're clear, I had no idea about tattoos. I better get up to date on it. I had no idea that required that kind of sedation for any tattoo. It further explains to me why I don't have one. Thank you, uh, thank you, Jerry. Dax said, quote, people are going to think it's crazy, and it is crazy. I get that, but I'm crazy. That's my point. I know who I am. I'm not afraid of anything. Uh, let's see. So it's got the, the Dallas skyline you are. On it. You had to be sedated to get a tattoo. It's got the Dallas skyline on it. It's got uh, a sign from the Pine Creek Estates Mobile Home Park in Louisiana where he grew up. So a, a look back to his roots. Uh, I'm looking at it now trying to see if anything else stands out. There's a uh, there's a moose on there. Um there's Kobe Bryant, there's uh, the Jumpman logo, Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali. Again, a gigantic tattoo on his leg. covers the whole thing. But they knocked him out for it. And apparently, I mean, the reason for it, it's a new trend now, I guess. So you don't have to have multiple sessions. They just knock you out. You, you're asleep, essentially, for 11 hours, and you get the whole thing as opposed to, you know, five, six hours here, there, five, six times. He just did it all at once, and coach and owner are not exactly pleased with quarterback right now. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. Wow, I had I hadn't heard this story. So yeah, uh, yeah, it just uh, just came out today um, from the Fort Worth Star Telegram. So uh, there you go. There's your there's your lead story of the day. I just I saw that and it blew my mind. Um, again, I don't have any myself. Actually, it's one of those weird things, though, that I I admire the art. Like, like tattoo artists, the really good ones, are true artists. I mean, it's incredible stuff that they're able to do. And uh, he clearly, based on the pictures, went to somebody that has a lot of talent. And so, like, I, I, I looked at the pictures and admired, even though I would never get one myself. Kind of a weird deal. But anyway, yeah. this is Sports Talk Mississippi. 608-879-4395. Shaq Bully says it should have I'm stupid on it. <laughs> yes. Uh, another one. I was sedated for eight and a half hours back uh, for back surgery, and the hangover afterwards was not fun. Certainly wouldn't do it for a tattoo. Somebody asked if insurance covers that sedation. I, I feel like Dak could probably pay for it out of pocket, if I had to guess. Yeah, I don't think he's too terribly worried about it. He strikes me as a guy that uh, has a money guy. He's smart enough to have a money guy, and the money guy takes care of everything. That's that's the sad deal with some of these pro athletes, though, is they either A, get taken advantage of, and he's recovered nicely after this, but Patrick Willis got taken advantage of by bad actors in the private sector with his money, lost a lot of money. Um, so, mm-hmm. but, but some athletes just don't manage their money well, and, and others uh, will, like, it, you know, I know he's serving a suspension, so maybe he's not the shining example of what to do off the field, but Alvin Kamara uh, just lives minimally. And just puts all his money in the bank and lets financial managers put it in all these portfolios and kind of lets them do their thing. Uh, I assume that the DAC is doing the same thing, but I wonder what the out of pocket cost is for tattoo sedation, though. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm sure it's uh, 
for 10 hours, it's probably five figures, I would imagine. I mean, considering how much medical procedures cost, you know. Imagine the headlines. How does that work, by the way? Like, you get sedated at a hospital, and do you, you go to... How does that work? Like, the tattoo guy can't be the one... Is he a slash tattoo artist slash anesthesiologist? <laughs> Doctor tattoo? Doctor. <laughs> What's going on here? Oh, spin zone. It's the Saints punter that gave it to him. No, I'm kidding. Ah, <laughs> there we go. But yeah, that's a good question. Maybe the artist comes to a hospital and... You've got an anesthesiologist that's willing to do that for you for the right price. Uh, uh, tattoo removal, by the way, we're in the wrong business. Tattoo mm -hmm. removal, what a racket that is. Oh, my gosh. I believe it. Uh, and I believe to that, get yeah. it fully removed, you've got to go like five, six, seven times. And it's a crazy thing to watch because it shoots little lasers on your skin and the way it's described is like it's like you're getting hit lasers with, with hot bacon grease, but in a concentrated direct. And what it does is the laser penetrates your skin to break up the ink, and then your body absorbs it. That is how tattoos are removed. And but it looks painful as can be, but it's like hundred and fifty dollars for ten minutes, and you got to go back five or six times to get it removed. We are in the wrong business. And, and they, you can't get appointments. I, I know somebody going through tattoo removal. That's why I know this. Like, getting appointments takes months in advance because this person all day just shocks people with this laser and is just making money, just stacking cash. We need to get off the radio and start removing tattoos, hey, Dad. I mean, I'm in. You know, we, 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 like we need to go get a small school. business loan or something. Yeah. No, no, we're just going to own the business. We'll get, we'll get other people to handle it. We're going to pay them. We just put our name on it, and our, our celebrity will bring in clients. Tim says sedation doesn't necessarily mean asleep. Well, the, the quote is, they knocked him out. That is, for 11 hours, they they knocked him out. So, there you go. Got a, uh, got a good night's sleep. This is true. Imagine the headlines if he somehow like had, you know, post-anesthesia uh, sickness and couldn't play on Sunday night against the Giants. No, that would not be good. I just, I, I don't, I just don't. That's this is a very undack Prescott kind of thing too. You think he's kind of a you know conservative, you know, thinks things through, doesn't seem like a real wild guy, and then yeah, he's uh, a big risk there. Interesting, uh, interesting stuff. So. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. There was a game last night, and I'm what an introduction to the weekend of football that we got. I mean, we've got great college games coming up tomorrow. Obviously, full NFL slate, but uh, we got started the right way with Lions and with Chiefs. Chris Jones didn't play; he was there. There's some takes about his absence after the game and all that stuff. We'll get to all that when we come back, and of course. We'll talk high school football here around the state of Mississippi at 337. Something weird happened last night, so we'll get Will uh, to kind of explain it to us. An entire coaching staff got fired yesterday. So we'll we'll get the updates on that uh, with Will at 337. We'll talk Southern Misses game with Florida State at 4 o'clock. We'll get picks with Bruce at 437. We'll do two questions at 5 o'clock. If Mississippi State beats Arizona, they absolutely must do what? If they want to beat Arizona, they absolutely cannot do what? And the same thing for Old Miss. Busy show, fun show. Text us, 601-879-4395. We'll be right back. Damn, I know. 
Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. your questions and we'll get into the game last night first is Richard out calling games again he wasn't supposed to be out today but uh if you have traveled on airplanes lately you know how much of a disaster that has been for everybody and delayed flights uh, cost him uh his spot on the show today so he's still trying to get up to Syracuse he's calling Syracuse Western Michigan tomorrow and again he was supposed to be on the show but delayed flights he's having to get diverted to like Rochester and I don't know. I just airline travel is abysmal. Every person I've talked to that has traveled on a plane lately has complained. And not like your first world problems complaint, like it has dramatically gotten worse than it was just a few years ago. So good luck to him. Second question, didn't Tulane coach try to leave last winter to go to Georgia Tech and it was a hire that got overruled by university admin? So, Willie Fritz, if I understand the story correctly, I could be wrong. Uh, but but he was in line to get the Georgia Tech job, but they were dragging their feet. The um, Georgia Tech's current coach, the interim, uh, there was kind of like an internal battle between who they should hire. Is it Fritz? Is it him? And um, he eventually decided, you know what, I'm good. I'm going to stay here at Tulane. I'm done with the charade. And so if if it's actually true that Georgia Tech ultimately decided against it, I don't know. But Fritz pulled his name out of the running before they made their decision. But yes, he was in deep talks with Georgia Tech to go there and uh, ultimately decided to stay with the Green Wave. So uh, there you go. Thank you guys for listening and texting in. 601-879-4395 is the ceasefire text line. Brian Haydad, how much of last night's Lions win over the Chiefs did you watch? Oh, you can be proud of me. I watched the whole game. Yes. It was a good one. Well, I have Mahomes. I have Mahomes now. I've never cheered for Mahomes before. Uh, and he, he, of course, disappointed me. I didn't get enough out of him. And of course, it's not really he disappointed me. That putrid receiving core of his disappointed me. Um, but I watched, I watched the whole game. Very, very, very good win for the Lions. That's something they can probably build on. And I'm not going to buy the whole this is the Lions year thing because it, it is a cursed franchise. But I will tell you that, that they, they, they look like they've got some pieces there. Yeah, Kadarius Tony. Uh, what do you think his film session is like with the team today? When he coached thirty on him, isn't that his name? The guy on on Twitter. Yeah, the guy's like, all right, here's Johnson. He's thinking about it, you know, how his mom used to beat him as a child, and that's what that's. I mean, what is what is Kadarius Tony thinking there? I mean, that's a guy, a good football player. I saw him enough of him in college. I know yeah. that he's a good football player. I mean, he's just dropping balls that, I mean, Mahomes couldn't have handed it, the ball to him any any no. easier than he did, and he just dropping them. So in it's the, a really bad night for him. In the pro football focus era, they have never graded a receiver's game lower than his last night. So they haven't been around Yeesh. forever, but that was the worst game since pro football focus has been a thing a wide receiver has ever had, and understandably so. He was a disaster. Lions win 21-20 thanks uh, in part to a pick six on a tipped ball from Patrick Mahomes to Kondarius Tony. That kind of whew, rough. Dan Campbell's a psychopath yeah. in the best way. That fake went for him in the first quarter on his own, <laughs> his own 17. I love Dan Campbell. And, and you know, 
not to bring Brian Kelly back into this, I, I think Brian Kelly is as inauthentic as a person in the public sphere can be. Now, you never know who somebody really is. We've seen examples of coaches not being who they present themselves to be, so you know how that goes. But mm-hmm. Dan Campbell, in every player interview that I've listened to about him, guys that used to play for him, the way the, the people around the Saints talk about him because he was there for a long time, seems so real and, and, and authentic and genuine and just truly loves the game of football and all of his team, and you know, it's still yet to be seen how great of a of a coach he really is. I mean, he he's gotten the Lions to respectability, and he's rallied them, and all that stuff, and all that's real. When it, now they're supposed to be a playoff team, like can he coach them and win games more consistently beyond just rah rah? These guys are playing hard, but it really does speak to his character that he can get a team so fully bought in and playing as hard as they do for him on a weekly basis, you can't get 53 guys to agree on anything. You can't get 53 guys to agree yeah. the sun's coming up tomorrow, and yet that entire team like looks at him like their father, I swear. And, and he comes off as so real and genuine. Him having success in the NFL makes me happy, and I don't even know the guy. I mean... The NFL needs guys like that every now and then. I mean, everybody's so buttoned down. It's, it's so coach-speaky. You know, everybody wants to be Belichick. You know, you need some characters. Football's a sport that needs characters. You have a lot of them in college football. But, you know, like I said, by and large, the NFL guys are just so... I mean, the average NFL head coach is boring. There's just no getting around that. You, know, you, you Occasionally you get one that's not, but... You know, good for Dan Campbell to have some personality. You know, it's supposed to be a game. It's supposed to be enjoyable. Yeah. You know, but nobody wants to make believe that, you know. I mean, when when he was on Pardon My Take and they asked him just the, the basic question, what does football mean to you? And he starts tearing up. I mean, it's just, like he's just he's, yeah. he's built different. And, uh, you know, the absences for the Chiefs were probably the difference. I, I did see a lot of people, though, saying, well, now the Chiefs are going to pay Chris Jones $40 million a year. And I thought, okay, guys, like I, I think that they should pay him because he is elite. But they gave up 14 defensive points last night. If you were Chris Jones sitting up in that box, you were hoping that Kansas City's defense would have looked worse than they did. And you were hoping that they yeah. wouldn't have stopped the run like they did and that they couldn't you know, get in Jared Goff's face like they were able to. He's still an elite player, and you still want him on your team. Don't get me wrong, but... It was more about the yeah. absence of Kelsey and the absence of a quality wide receiver is what did the Chiefs in last night. And even with Kelsey back, I don't know how much they can overcome the lack of weapons that they seem to, to not have. And they were talking about that last night. You know, they, they let Nicole Hardman go. Uh, they let – who's that other receiver they had? I forget who it is, but they let him go. Uh, to, to, and it's just like – at some point with teams, like it's great to have a franchise quarterback, but you have to have weapons, and he, you know, he can't elevate everybody. And some guys, some, you know, if you've got an elite quarterback with a bunch of mediocre receivers, you know, your best you can probably hope for is average. So you know, they really need to get Kelsey back up and running, and then they need to figure something out as far as uh, as far as the uh, the depth chart goes with their receiver position because. Yeah. To not have a star receiver on that team is crazy. Matthew says the Lions beat the Chiefs and the refs. We get another message. Gibbs is so fast. Yeah, they didn't use him a whole lot. What, they drafted him number 12 overall? 
And yeah. what he got seven carries and uh, two targets. So th- they tried to get him the ball nine times in this game, and, and he looks more athletic and faster than Montgomery, but for some reason they just... Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't know the full complement of plays or whatever, uh, but he looked like the better back, and they kept him on the sideline. Got to find ways to get guys like that on the field. Just, just that simple. Uh, George, I mean, it's just that simple. You go ahead. No, I just uh, George. They played the real national anthem last night. I, I don't know what you think you watched, but I, I saw the national anthem right before kickoff, as always. At, yeah, I, I mean, I turned the game on ten minutes before the game started, and I saw the ring or the banner ceremony and the national anthem, and they kicked the ball off. It was completely normal. So maybe you had a different feed on or uh, or something. I uh, I do not I do not know. But yeah. uh, other games this weekend, uh, you know, a slate that's lacking a little bit, honestly, in the NFL. But that's why we have college, right? We can look forward to that instead. Uh, we know about Saints-Titans. We've talked about that. The Vikings are hosting the Bucks. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites. The Jags are at the Colts. You get your first look at Anthony Richardson right away. Joe Burrow and his fat new contract is uh, is in Cleveland uh, as a two-point favorite. Joe Shiesty. Cleveland should be really good. But post-scandal, Deshaun Watson is awful. Yeah. And he has the most yeah, think, guaranteed money in the history of the sport. You know who's happy about that? Me. Our friend John Harris. Well, yeah, people with decency. But our friend John Harris and any member of the Houston Texans fan base or organization, because they've got all those draft picks, just they're like, continue to struggle, please. Yeah. And uh, I, I said me because the Saints were involved in that for a period of time. I mean, could you... I'm so excited for Sunday, and I don't think I would be. With 280 fully guaranteed million dollars and him being awful on top of this game, I just I don't know if I could be excited to watch that. But anyway, 49ers yeah. at Steelers—that's going to be a really good one there in Pittsburgh. Uh, Cardinals, Commanders. None of you are going to watch that except for Kelso. Texans, Ravens. You get your first look at C.J. Stroud. Packers, Bears. That could be kind of a sloppy. Close, interesting game. Raiders-Broncos, two of the worst teams in the league. Giants at Patriots, that's an interesting one. Dolphins-Chargers, Rams-Seahawks, and then Cowboys-Giants on Sunday night. That's your NFL lineup. We'll talk high school football with Will East when we come back, and then we'll transition over to the college game. That's what you guys care about the most, at least I think. So we're going to talk a lot of college football for the rest of the show. I'm Borky, he's Haydad, and the Pearl River Resort Studio, talking high school football when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. We go to the Farm Bureau guest line in person, though. Go to favorites.com and go with the home team, Willie's talking high school football with us. Uh, a preview, but... Super Talk News had this headline that kind of blew my mind. Last night, 
Yeah. An entire coaching staff got fired during, or well, after something that happened during a game that led to the cancellation of that game. What are the details? So Shaw, uh, apparently the team got into a fight with itself. Not with the other team, but amongst each other and... Huh. Or several five, yeah, details are still a little bit sketchy, but uh, apparently they have let go of the entire coaching staff. So I guess they're not going to play the rest of the season. So that is very important. So if if Borky and I were to get into a fight with each other, would they let you go? Is my question. Uh, they're probably already <laughs> thinking about that. Uh, to be honest with you. Well, but, hey, uh, Dad, let's go. <laughs> I'm on my, I'm coming to Jackson and I'll bring it out with me. You know, I, I don't know all the details of what's going on there, but I've never What a weird know, situation. Every single it seems like every single year something happens where I go, I've never seen that before. Yeah, I guess if you live long enough you see everything. But you know, last week it was Wasn't that in Major League Two? Was it made? I don't. I don't remember all the details they, of Major League. They started two. fighting in the dugout, and the umpire <laughs> threw them all out. I think something like that. Yeah. What a weird situation. Yeah, the, the story's on SuperTalk.fm uh, if you want to go read it. But uh, the West Bolivar Consolidated School District announced that the coaches were removed from their duties effective immediately after teammates got into a fight during a game against Rosa Fort High School. The game was called at half with Rosa Fort up 24-0. Additionally, all football operations at Shaw have been put on hold pending an investigation into the incident. The team will have to cancel all practices, on-campus conditioning, and games until further notice. So there you go. Jeez. So, uh, aside from that, (laughs) what do we have to look forward to tonight? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So the big. So this is week three of the high school football season. Some MAIS uh, schools have been playing for longer than that, but week three for just about everybody. And this is really the week where you start to kind of define what a team is. Um, And so far, the thing that I notice across the board, not for every team, but for most teams, is defenses. Good defenses. Uh, and that's what we have with Madison Central and Gulfport tonight, which I think is probably the big game. I love these game between these games that between two teams that normally don't face each other. Um, you know, Madison Central in the central part of the state, uh, the metro uh, area, and then you've got on the coast Gulfport, who's off to a really good start this year. They're both two and zero, but Gulfport. Um, they got a new head coach, Blake Pinnock, who, if you'll remember, was at Ocean Springs the past couple of years. He's n- Off the top of my head, I don't think he's ever had a losing season in his career. He's still had a young career, but I don't think he's had a losing season yet. And all, although offenses and, and Bray Hubbard and those players there uh, on the offensive side of the ball got all the headlines for Ocean Springs, if you go back and look at it, their defenses were incredible, and that's kind of what he's brought to Gulfport so far. And then you got Madison Central who had just an incredible performance last week against Brandon. I was not expecting them to win that big over, I think it was like 40-26, to 26, something like that, over Brandon last week. Brandon runs that hurry-up, Ole Miss style of offense, and Madison Central showed why their defense is what everybody's talking about this year in Region 2 of 7A. So that's a really big game. Um, one of the more fun games tonight I think is going to be Oak Grove and Hattiesburg. So last week, guys, Oak Grove went on the road. They went across state lines, and they played the powerhouse program of Alabama, Hoover. You've probably all heard of Hoover before. You know They've been featured on TV shows and stuff like that. Well, they went over there in the rain, and they beat Hoover in overtime. It was an incredible game, 28-21 in overtime. 
So they're coming back home tonight. Uh, it's even though this game's on the road, they're only 17 minutes apart. They're going to be playing Hattiesburg, who played in maybe the, you know. Ugly doesn't define it for Hattiesburg and Laurel last week in the 100-second battle for the little brown jug between those two. Hattiesburg, as best I can count, had 22 penalties in that game. Hattiesburg Ooh. alone, 22 penalties. Uh, Luke Johnson told me he thought it was 22 penalties in the second half. That's how many penalties they had. That, again, that's just for Hattiesburg, not to mention all the penalties yeah. that Laurel had. So, But then Hattiesburg like came alive, and they scored, I believe, 19 points in the last eight minutes of that game to win. So if they can kind of get out of their own way, maybe they have a shot against Oak Grove. Oak Grove has dominated this series this past decade. I believe there's something like 9-2 and two in the last 11 years, something like that. So, you know, Hattiesburg would really like to turn this thing around. And maybe if they can get out of their own way, maybe they have a shot tonight against Oak Grove. Uh, another really big game, one that that I find fascinating because the two teams are so similar, Macomb and Mendenhall. Uh, both towns start with M. They're both Tigers. Uh, they're both undefeated. <laughs> they both have the same colors. Both green is like their majority color. Uh, and they're playing each other tonight at Mendenhall, and they're both pretty good. McComb has a player, Michael, you may be more familiar with him than I am, a wide receiver by the name of Sanfrisco McGee. Yep. Uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. I keep calling him San Francisco. It's not San Francisco. It's San Francisco. How did his parents not just commit to San Francisco? <laughs> I mean, just just one more syllable, guys. Uh, just one more. I mean, he sounds like something out of an old West movie, right? You know, San Francisco McGee. Yeah. You know, at the OK Corral. This is San Francisco McGee's handiwork. <laughs> anyway, they're going to be playing Mendenhall tonight, so that's a fun one. By the way, uh, speaking of names, I'm going to talk about a kid. Uh, on the show tonight, who had an incredible week last week. Uh, North Pontotoc, the Vikings, have a quarterback by the name of Drew Winfun. Winfun is his last name, which is a great quarterback name, maybe even better coach's name now that I think about it. But anyway, so we got a lot. That's what Houston Nutt used to say, right? Wasn't Houston Nutt, I spell fun, W-I-N? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) i got to play that clip. That's exactly the first thing I thought of. Oh, I love all name players. Uh, so the, you know, that's kind of the lineup for tonight. Uh, you got Pedal at Columbia. I think is another a really big, fun game. Columbia is one of those teams that always plays bigger schools than them. Two weeks ago, they went on the road to Diaberville. Diaberville is a seven A school. Columbia is a four A school, and they beat Diaberville forty to seventeen. I mean, Columbia's got something going on there. Tonight they're going to host Pedal, who's trying to get back in the swing of things. They've had two bad years in a row, and they look a little—they're two and zero right now, and they're looking a little bit better on on offense, not so much on defense. So we'll see how it goes. You mentioned Brandon there; they're zero and two on the year, and they've got Clinton tonight. They're also zero and two. That's two teams that aren't used to being zero and two. One of them's going to be zero and three after this Friday. What about that matchup? It's. It's kind of hard to define what's going on. Well, with 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 Brandon, I'll say this: it's a tough schedule. I mean, they play Picayune out of the gate, a team that had not lost a game until I think you have to go back to twenty twenty one. Even though they're a five A school, Brandon's now a seven A school, uh, and but they lost some folks. Uh, Jarvis, uh, I believe his name is uh, Jarvis Durr, uh, who was the big running back last year. They got Nate Blunt back again this year. It seems like he's been there for a long time now and has been making an impact all those years, but. You know, they 
in these non-regional games, you're going to struggle sometimes. I mean, you look at some teams, they'll go 0-3, and then they'll end up in a state championship game. For Clinton, meanwhile, I, again, I thought they would be much better, especially on defense. Uh, it seemed like they had a very experienced defensive line. And maybe it's just going to take a while to get going. But, yeah, you're right. A team starting 0-3, it's going to be a big surprise because both of those two teams were ranked in the top ten to start the season. Caleb reminding us that uh, prep and J.A.'s tonight. Yeah, when I was in college, uh, I was going through Rush, and and one of the the parties I went to at a fraternity that I I did not join, I I went somewhere else, but they had the prep J.A. game on. On a Friday night in, in a fraternity house in college, and yes. a an actual fist fight between two of the actives <laughs> broke out over prep and J.A., and I was like, okay, this that's not for me. i got to go somewhere else. Man, some of the media operations at some of these schools, I know Jackson Prep in particular, I mean, it's like a, it, it's better than some colleges. I mean, it's amazing what they, the product they put out. I mean, I, I watch it and I go, why? I can't believe a high school is doing this. But, yeah, uh, so they're both undefeated. You know, J.A. has really struggled in this game, what, the past – 15 years. I mean, I think I can't remember the exact record off the top of my head the past 15 years, but they've really struggled. They have a better offense this year, so maybe that uh, will help them. But yeah, Jackson Prep has really dominated this series, and it gets heated. You know, Prep, MRA, uh, JA, that, that's always a fun series between those teams. Supertalk.fm High School is where you go. What is it? By my count, is it 20 different teams that you can listen to tonight? We've got a lot. You know, this year we added Gulfport, which uh, Gulfport's really cool because they have maybe the best helmets in all of Mississippi high school football. They have the big G on the side, like you see with Georgia. Their colors are uh, like the Florida Gator colors. They're orange and blue. But they have an anchor and a chain going down the middle, which is really unique. I don't, You don't see that a whole lot. That's awesome. And then preview show... 6 o'clock. Preview show at 6 o'clock. We're going to talk about uh, some impact players from last week, plus preview all these games, of course. And then tonight at 10 p.m. we have the Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance Company High School Football Scoreboard Show. I'm going to be joining the show tonight just to help out and be here, uh, along with Lance, Butch, and Keith, 28 years running. It's going to be fun. We're, we're getting, you know, the, the temperature's starting to cool down just a little bit. You know, not a whole lot, but just yeah. a little bit. And it's, it's starting to feel a little bit more like football weather. Thanks a lot, Will. We appreciate yes, you. Yes, sir. Uh, Will joined us on the Farm Bureau Guest Lunch. I got favorites.com and go with the home team. Uh, there was a call yesterday that I got to play for you guys. Uh, it was from the U.S. Open, but hang with me. Trust me. You, you want to hear this call from U.S. Open Television. Uh, we'll play that when we come back. Talk to Luke, Southern Miss, Florida State. We'll get into Ole Miss Tulane and Mississippi State, Arizona as well. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. What's happening? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. All right, I promised some audio. This, you got to hang with me a little bit, all right? Because you're not expecting what's going to happen when I play this for you. The U.S. Open's going on. It's a tennis tournament. We don't talk about it because, I mean, are you kidding? Uh, but it is going on, and it's a big deal uh, in the, the tennis world anyway. And there is a Belarusian who is playing very well, Ariana Sabalenka, I believe is how you pronounce her name. She won her match today. And this is what aired on, I assume, Belarus television or possibly even Russia, considering their close ties. But 
Uh, hang with it for about 30 seconds, and you'll see why I'm playing this for you. This is after Sabalenka won her match at the U.S. Open today. This this is real. This aired on television in uh, in either Belarus or uh, or Russia. Арина Сабаленко вырывает этот матч. Отыгралась 3-5. Боже, через что она прошла? Какую встречу вырвала? Ваму, 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 ваму! Фантастический матч. Фантастический. Кто писал в комментариях, что Арина недостойна звания первой ракетки мира? Получите. Распишитесь. Rising up. Back on the street, did my time, took my chances. When the distance, now I'm back on my feet. Just a man and his will to survive. So many times it happens too fast. You change your passion for glory. Don't lose a grip on the dreams of the past. You must fight just to keep them alive. It's the eye of the tiger, it's the thrill of the night, rising up to <laughs> the challenge of arrival. It's the thrill of the fight. No survival, chose the blah, 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 I gotta be honest, I was wondering what the payoff was gonna be, and you delivered. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna do that on this show. Did I I'm gonna tell you when? Just one day. Hey Dad, what'd you think of the uh the, the Bulldogs win? It's the I am the tiger, it's the thrill of the fight. And Richard wasn't here, so he won't know. You can just laugh. He will have no. <laughs> He'll just be looking you'll be like <laughs> You'll be laughing, I'll be singing, the text line will be blowing up. Uh. It'll be great. David God, I had no idea where that was going. No idea. Out of nowhere. Uh, David said, give me something. You could have told me. You could have told me to guess what was going to be happening there. And I might have guessed literally every scenario in the world before I guessed the Belarusian was going to sing Eye of the Tiger on that broadcast. In English. Rising up. We just need to have a little sound bite there. When something good happens, we just we just hit that, you know. It's the eye of the tiger. Jake says oh. that made my entire weekend. Another one that uh, that's like, hey, that's singing on the radio. Another one that sportscaster hey, is hilarious. I'm much better than that guy. Uh, if only we could get I'm much better to drop that, that in there uh, when he's calling uh, Syracuse this weekend. Can you imagine that Schrader at the five. Touchdown! Rise it up! <laughs> Imagine if we had that on the Ole Miss sideline. Let's oh, go man. down. Let's go down to Richard. Well, DK, rise it up! <laughs> <laughs> that is that <laughs> again. I'm just listening, and he, I'm words I don't understand. What is Borky doing? Does somebody come in and stab him, and we hear him die on the air? Nope. <laughs> Survivor. Uh, great song. You win. You did. You did good. You did good, kid. I was not expecting that one. 
Hulk's Pick 6, by the way. If you have not signed up, you can still sign up. Check it out. Supertalk.fm slash Polk's Pick number 6. So Polk's Pick and the number 6. Supertalk.fm slash Polk's Pick 6. And here's what you do. You pick six games. We've got Ole Miss Tulane, Arizona Mississippi State, Southern Miss Florida State, Texas Alabama, A&M Miami, and Auburn Cal. And you pick those games, just the winners, no spread, just the winners, and also a tiebreaker, which will be the total points scored in the Texas-Alabama game. Fill out the form. It's just name, phone number, email address. We don't use it for anything else. We are not a Chinese bot farm that calls my phone ten times a day. Trust me, that phone number is <laughs> only for us to contact you if you win. And if you win, you'll get a uh, Polk's Meat prize pack on us. Supertalk.fm slash Polk's Pick six. There was a little juice, or well, manufactured juice. So uh, Cal's quarterback and Auburn's quarterback went to high school together, and they are really tight, like really good friends. Peyton Thorne this week said that his buddy, though, at Cal, won't answer any calls or texts. So they asked him about it. And with a smile on his face and talking about how much he loves him and he's my best friend, he said, it's game week. I'm not talking to him until the game's over. I don't want to share with him anything that I've got. And Auburn people called him a loser and stuff like that. It was a funny thing between two friends. Interesting little nugget, though. Two transfers playing against each other. Luke Johnson will join us when we come back talking Southern Miss. Okay. Let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Don't yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Borky. He's in at hour number two. Fast first hour. Glad you guys are with us in the Pearl River Resort studio. But we got to go back to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. The Eagle Hours. Luke Johnson joins us ahead of Southern Miss and Florida State tomorrow. So let's start here. Uh, we did uh, this with Ole Miss and, and State as well. Give me three things. I'm putting you on the spot here. Didn't give you a heads up. Give me three things that you want to learn, that you're looking for, that you want to learn about this Southern Miss team that you don't yet know this weekend. Uh, it just continues to be uh, the talking point, and we'll just start there. You know, what, what can Billy Wiles do uh, with an elite defense in front of him? Um, can they get some drives? Can they sustain some drives? Can they complete some passes? Can they, um, you know, extend uh, time possession? I think that's big for tomorrow night. So how can they try to take control um, of, of possessions uh, against an elite defense? What type of surge can and rush can the Southern Miss defensive line get against possibly one of the best offensive lines in the country? Uh, and then I think the secondary is going to be tested big time as well just because they're so new back there. And this is one of the most elite receiving cores, you know, in the country with Coleman and Wilson and some of those other guys. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's up front for me. Uh, we we kind of talked you know, the offensive line, gave up some stuff to to Alcorn, uh, but for me, more it's can the defensive line just try to disrupt it all because they're going to have to bring pressure in order to try to 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 you know force Travis to do some things. Yeah. So, uh, I mean. 
Southern Miss is overmatched, and that's okay because I think that this is going to be one of the four best teams in America that they're up against. I think Florida State's a playoff team, and so that that's okay. But this isn't like what we saw last week with with the FCS opponents, where you know we joked about the Mercer quarterback, and despite them getting their brains beaten, and he gets to get on the bus happy because he had that one play that he'll remember forever. It's not exactly the case here, right? I mean, yes. The expectation is for Southern Miss to lose this game. But I don't think that Will Hall and those guys are going to think, if I just make one play, that the day was awesome, right? No, and and the way that Will is approaching this game is he's seeing how far the program has progressed in you know, going into year three. That's what he's looking at because they felt like they've amassed – you know, great group of five talent. They they feel like that they have playmakers on the roster on both sides of the ball, and so it, it's a test to see you know where where that stacks up. Um, yeah, I, I don't. There there's a part of me that says yeah, come out of there with a moral victory. Um, but I, I know this. Will Hall realistically, you know, probably in his uh, his coaching uh, experience appreciates moral victories. But, you know, this guy, he'll, he won't admit that. <laughs> so they're, they're just going to – I mean, I think it's what, what Dan O'Brien said this week. He's like, hey, we know how good they are, but that doesn't give us a reason to tuck our, our uh, legs, you know, a tail between our legs and just go out there and just uh, just say, hey, tear us up. So I, I do think um, if you look up and, and halftime, mid-third quarter, it's a game, couple possessions, and, you know, longer you hang around and, and uh, give them a reason to, to think you're still in the game – Southern Miss wants to, I think, first and foremost in this game, obviously compete. But secondly, you got to stay healthy. Um, you just have to because of, of Tulane next week. It's interesting start to the season, right? Because you start off with a game that everybody thinks you're going to win, and now you play a game that everybody thinks you're, you're going to lose. That, that's a situation where a lot of young guys can get some reps, both in a positive and maybe in a negative kind of way. Who are some young guys from week one and that you could see maybe having another you know, big spot to play here in week two and could use that momentum throughout the season? Yeah, I think a guy really that, that a lot of people, not inside the team but outside the team, Davis Dalton, uh, he's from MRA, 6'3", redshirt freshman, had a great true freshman camp and then got redshirted. He was like uh, third in targets last week, and I think he's another guy. He's not just going to play whether it's garbage time or rep time. I mean, he's going to play. Um, I, I'm, I'm also – he's young in the sense, not with, with uh, experience, but, but Clark is going to play a lot, um, you know, at running back. The receiving core, it's just going to be who they want to throw out there. Um, so I could see fourth quarter late, some important reps going in, but for me it's more about the young guys – who need the experience in these bigger games, especially at the skill positions and the secondary uh, with Caraway and Tolls and McNeil and those guys who their first, uh, you know, really their first D1 action was was last week for the most part, being in a big-time experience. Now, Wiles, on the other hand, you got to remember, I mean, he was a part of eight ACC games last year. While he wasn't taking yeah. snaps, he, he's accustomed to these environments, and so I think it'll help him as well. We all love what USM did defensively a season ago under Austin Armstrong. You know, obviously it's it's one game against Alcorn, but how would you assess you know Dan O'Brien after Week One? I feel like they they did what they needed to do. They they felt like they executed well. I mean, they probably in the like tackles for loss game and the, and the sack game probably wanted a little more. 
Um, but but for them, really, the question mark was the only change was going to be is was was in the secondary. He was going to have a little bit different approach than what Armstrong did. Plus, you throw that in there with three new starters. But I mean, they you know like first or second play of the game, they got a pick. So I, I felt like that allowed them to to really um, to to settle in in, in a sense. Uh, and and these guys already believe in the system. I mean, it's the same tree. So. I appreciate O'Brien's approach to the game, like I mentioned just a few minutes ago. Uh, I think he's just going to throw his dudes out there and say, hey, I mean, what do we got to lose? And I think that's it, – it's, in a sense, much easier to approach this game loose when nobody believes in you or nobody believes that you're going to, you know, be in it at all. Um, and so I think O'Brien's just kind of taking that attitude. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, you know, they, they come at Florida State hard – the problem with that is because you're going to have to put pressure on Travis, you're going to put him in an opportunity to uh, to either get one-on-ones on the outside with some of these elite receivers or be able to hurt you with his legs. Uh, we have this question on the text line from Lucas wants to know if uh, Kenyon Clay is going to get more touches, you think, this week. Yeah, I, th- I think he will. Um, I just uh, You look at last week, I mean, Alcorn was – you know, trying to specifically take away uh, the, the rushing game. And so Clark, you know, led, Gore only had six. So I would I would see that, you know, obviously Frank starts. They'll probably mix Clark in their third series or so. But I wouldn't be surprised, especially going back to Haydad's point, Clay will probably get more carries in the second half if, if the scoreboard, you know, is, is uh, what the experts think it is. But I do think that you're going to see him. He's the biggest running back, 6'1", 215. I think you will see him get carries more this week, and especially more going forward. So looking around the Sun Belt, week one overreactions, uh, at least one game on Southern Miss's schedule looks a heck of a lot different after one week than um, than you thought going into the season anyway. What is your assessment of the rest of the league that you've seen so far, just after one game, and how the Eagles stack up? Yeah, I think the West now is is more wide open. Um, because you're wondering if Tulane is really good or South Alabama is not what you thought they were. You'll find out more about Tulane tomorrow. Um, Troy, Troy's got an interesting one this week at, at K-State. The one that I'm intrigued with specifically this week, looking back from last week, is James Madison. James Madison is a touchdown favorite on the road in Charlottesville with the opportunity other than Virginia Tech to run the state of Virginia in their second year of FBS. And I think that's a that's a pretty cool story. Uh, I, I think Texas State may come back down to earth a little bit at UTSA, but, I mean, you're talking about, you know, Kenny in his first game goes and blows out Baylor and Waco. I mean, come on. So, I think they look How good. How unexpected was ULM, that? Uh, was Texas – was that completely, totally, like, I, I had no idea that was coming, or was Texas State, like, how surprised were you? I, I felt like later in the season they might be capable of that because of the transfer quarterback and because of Kenny's offensive system. I didn't think that was going to happen at a Big 12 opponent week one. And ULM kind of surprised me. I mean, they beat they were uh, eight-and-a-half-point dog to Army, and they, they beat Army with a new quarterback. So I, I think the West is more wide open. I'll be surprised to see what App State does at UNC to see if they even make that a game. But, yeah, I mean, Sunbelt went 10-4 and four week one. It's a good league. And another reminder that getting into the Sun Belt was an extremely good thing. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And that Army team, by the way, going to, I think, join the AAC. So conference realignment is, uh, is a disaster, but not for, uh, for Southern Miss. Luke, thank you so much for your time. 
Uh, we'll be watching on Saturday and then uh, come back. And really big game next week. I mean, it's it's hard to look ahead when you've got Florida State on the schedule, but man, it's going to feel really big and important for Southern Miss next week. It's going to be big. We'll get through Tallahassee, and then we'll talk about the Green Wave next week. Should be fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Luke. Luke joined us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. 601-879-4395. That's the text line. You guys want to be a part of the show? That's how you can do it. Text us. 601-879-4395. We appreciate you guys hanging out. We'll talk. Uh, we'll get some picks with Bruce Marshall here in about 20 minutes from right now. I had a good week last week, did Bruce. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I'm Borky. He said, Ed, we'll be right back. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. This text cracked me up. He said, we go from the preacher to the bookie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got a little gap in between. A little gap in between. And Bruce is not a bookie. He's a handicapper. Slightly different. There's a difference, yeah. He doesn't take the action. Yeah, he just tells you what the action should be. By the way, we made a mistake last night because we were like, man, really like the Lions in this one, but don't listen to us. I couldn't even clip it because it was so close together, the... Love the Lions tonight. Don't listen to us. That I couldn't even cut it out without making it sound unnatural. We we got to trust ourselves more. We got to we got to trust. You know, believe in believe in yourself. Because nobody else will. You know what I always you know what I always say in situations like that. Rising up <laughs> out from the street. <laughs> oh my god! I'll get. I got at least one more of those today. Oh, I guarantee it. Uh, so you can't ah. say Mississippi State Arizona. What other game are you most excited about watching this weekend? Can I say Alabama Texas? Although yeah, I'm not going to get to watch it because I'll I'll be in the uh, the press box for that one. I have uh, it up on your computer. All good. I will I will have it up on my computer for sure. Um, <sighs> I love Iowa Iowa State just for the sheer car crash value of it. Um, yeah, I that's turning into a campaign a... thing, though. And, and guys, yeah, it, it this is, is yeah. not a knock on who the candidates are. Okay, so I know they're all Republicans. I'm not saying that anything. I am not making a statement on what my political leanings are. I'm not going to do that here. I don't like that football games become political campaign events. I would say the same thing if it was a bunch of Democrats as well. All of the Republican candidates are going to the football game to like campaign, and I I would just love one thing in my life to not have politics in it, and we can't even have football anymore. We can't even uh, have football. And again, um, I would say the same thing if it was a bunch of Democrats. So consistency. Yeah, I think Ole Miss Tulane is very interesting. I think Ole Miss will win pretty easily, 
But I'm interested to see how easy it is. I'm interested to see if it's not easy at all. You know, Michael Pratt, can he carry his team to, to keep this game interesting? But I think I the thing that Ole Miss does week in and week out, if, if you said that, you know, what is Ole Miss football? It is starting games fast, right? It yeah. is getting twenty one points in the first quarter. I, I don't look lots of players have lots of teams have good explosive offenses, but nobody is better in the first twenty plays of a football game than the Ole Miss Rebels. And so, you know, that's when you think about playing on the road, right? One of the things, you know, I remember State's game at Memphis a couple years ago, or you, you might remember. State fumbles on the opening drive, and it's 7 nothing Memphis, and the crowd's into it, right? Ole Miss is right. the, the best at going into a road game for the most part, especially against a team that they're, they're, they're as talented or more talented than, and just keeping the crowd out of it because they go up 14 nothing so quickly. So, you know, that's probably, I think, and this is going to be a crowd that's, there's a, like you said yesterday, there's a large, large Ole Miss population going to be in this crowd this weekend. But the Tulane fans that are there will probably be quiet pretty early because Ole Miss will get out to the lead. Now, Ole Miss, the other problem with Ole Miss is that they they give up those leads from time to time. So it's going to be about how they hold on in that situation. That was such a a thing that they've got to overcome because last year, you're right, it, it was after. The first quarter or so, at times, offensively, they, they disappeared. But, man, it felt like they were the best first and second drive team in all of college football. They were always scoring. Every, it, it, they, they were. I, I would love to see under Kiffin what the percentage of times where they get 14 points on their first two drives is. I mean, th- you think about college football, right? If the answer is more than half, you're doing really good. Yeah, I bet you the answer is more than half. But they, they would hit this wall. I mean, they did it in Baton Rouge a handful of other times mm-hmm. last year as well. In the Egg Bowl, mm-hmm. where they'd get off offensively, look really sharp, and then something would happen, and so maybe uh, mm-hmm. overcoming that. Yeah, interesting game for sure. Uh, it's getting a lot of buzz nationally. A lot of people are pick, like Adam Rittenberg picked Tulane, uh, Danny Cannell picked Tulane, which you know, um, if you're an Ole Miss fan, <laughs> shut you up, hey, Dad, feel... You're trying to jinx us. <laughs> Gosh. I've been saying all week I think Ole Miss wins that game pretty easily. I took Ole Miss in my Pick'em contest on the Thunder and Lightning podcast, where I am up two games to, over uh, Robbie Falk. And uh, I'm up two games after one week. That's doing pretty good. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, yet- he took he took uh, South Carolina and uh, LSU. It's like, eh, gotcha. Uh, but yes, to answer the question on the text line, there are only two top 25 matchups this weekend, Ole Miss Tulane there in New Orleans, which that being factually accurate is probably why you're getting some hype that this game otherwise wouldn't get because the, the matchups are, are not. It, yeah. uh, and then um, Texas-Alabama is the Alabama. other. But, I mean, you've got yeah. things like uh, A&M-Miami floating out there and I mean, it's not going to be a great environment because Miami's doing buy one, get one right now. But after last year's game, I can't get fired up for that game. That was so ugly last year. I don't have, we'll see how it goes this year, but I don't have any high expectations for that. That's at least a we're going to learn something game. I mean, if Petrino really has revamped the offense and AM is actually ready to compete with the West, which we've heard that since they joined the SEC and somehow they just can't beat Mississippi. But anyway, um, that's at least a game that we'll learn things uh, in, for sure. That's the kind of weekend that we've got, though. The potential of greatness, but the slate itself, when you look at it, you're kind of like, eh. But Auburn-Cal could end up being really interesting. Ole Miss-Tulane could be interesting. 
intersectionally, Oregon, Texas Tech. Yeah. Could be interesting, right? State Arizona, um, of course, also can be very State Arizona it can be you, you mentioned Miami, Texas A and M. Uh Vanderbilt Wake Forest could be interesting. At ten AM. Yeah. At ten I mean look, I say it all the time, man. If I can get college football when I roll out of bed, I'll take it. You know, you, yeah. you know why I watch the Premier League at nine AM on most Saturdays? Because college football's not on yet. Because college football's not on yet. I wouldn't watch it if college football was on at nine AM. You know, but college football game day is on. I don't want to watch that. So, yeah, again, this is the kind of weekend where we're going to end up something. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen, and we'll have something to talk about. Yep. You know, beyond Mississippi State, beyond Ole Miss, beyond Southern Mississippi on on uh, Monday show. Could be Texas. Could be you know something else, but something's going to happen. So it always something does. will happen. And again, all of you, five dollars to me if Furman beats South Carolina. Uh, in Columbia tomorrow. I would be now. I've thought about that. I would be willing to send you five dollars so I knew <laughs> that I could get a win out of that. If you told me that South Carolina is going to lose to Furman and I, it's going to cost me five bucks, somebody asked me today. They were like, "How much money would it for Ole Miss to lose by twenty eight? Like, how much would you be willing to pay?" And I was just like, "Eh." And they're like, "And you can't bet the two lane money line or anything. You can't hedge it. Yeah, you just, just got to lose the money." And I was just like, "Ah, eh." eh. Not gonna happen though. Ole Miss, Ole Miss is far more likely to win by twenty-eight. It's a cool message we get here. Me, my wife, my brother and sister-in-law are on a road trip. We're in Wyoming right now, listening to y'all show. Hard to believe. Well, we appreciate you. I have heard great things about that region of the country. I have not visited myself, and I have always wanted to, and I can't wait to go. We forgot about Nebraska, Colorado. Nebraska, Colorado as well. Ten o'clock local time, which is unfortunate, but still. Is it? It's 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 possible, and I saw somebody tweet about this that Matt Rule does the funniest thing imaginable this weekend, and just wins. And, just wins. and then everybody's looking at Colorado, going, "Okay, what are they then?" I feel like people have just they started thinking Colorado's going to win the national title. You know, you know what that game felt like to me when State beat LSU in 2020. You know, everybody's looking around. You know, the bandwagon video comes out on Monday, and Costello's going to win the Heisman after he threw for 600 yards. And then it just came crashing down pretty quickly in a home game. The next game, they lost at the, to Arkansas in Starkville. It just there's there's some similarities between those two those two games. Yeah, and because you're right. Too many people are thinking, oh, well, they're going to win nine, ten games now. Oh no. Yeah, if they no. get to a bowl game, it's still a heck of a coaching job, and, and beating TCU didn't change uh, that. But in a lot of people's minds, it did. And, and here's the thing, mm-hmm. and you know, I like Dion. Personally, I like him. I think he's he's interesting and, and uh, successful, and and all that. I like Deion Sanders. And, and frankly, if you go watch the videos of him in the locker room talking to his team, there's a lot of substance uh, behind all the, the all the flash. But he's a flashy guy. It's who he is. But when, when you act the way he does, if, if you don't like media criticism, buddy, lose to Nebraska. When you put yourself out there the way he puts himself out there and you lose, it gets a heck of a lot worse than if you were to just go about your business and not do all the stuff that he does. And so losing will create uh, toxicity. Watch. And I don't think it's going to get handled well. I think I don't know because I don't have anything. I don't have any uh, sample size to judge that on. He's been successful so far throughout his coaching tenure, so I have nothing to judge that on. We'll have to see. 
601-879-4395. Late night start. Chris in Greenville, our uh, resident Auburn fan here. Uh, Yeah, 9.30 Auburn Cal. That could be. That's one that you put on and you you may go to bed because Auburn gets up a couple of scores early or Cal sticks around and you watch that to the end. I don't think Auburn's going to lose, but they can. We'll ask Bruce about that next at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you at Sports Talk Mississippi on a Friday, a football Friday. Glad that you guys are with us. And to give you winners for the weekend, when you go to the Pearl River Resort, before you go, I probably shouldn't be telling you this, but uh, that's okay. The Pearl River Resort's going to accept you either way. Go to BAMSports.net. That's where Bruce Marshall makes his picks. He'll give you some winners for the weekend all over sports uh, on bamsports.net, but uh, he'll give you some here as well on the Farm Bureau guest line. Bruce, uh, what's up, sir? How are you? Hey, Michael. Uh, well, this is uh, that uh, college football season was roaring like a lion last week to start things off, so uh, let's see if we can uh, match in week two what we got in week one last week. So let's start uh, with our games here, of course. I feel like a lot of people nationally uh, are starting to uh, pick the Green Wave to upset Ole Miss. You had an ESPN writer do it, a couple guys at CBS. That's that's starting to be the hot, trendy pick this weekend. Tulane getting seven or seven and a half, depending on where you look. What do you think is going to happen tomorrow? Well, I, I think it's a little heavy. I know Lane ran up 73 last week. Poor Mercer. I guess somebody made him mad there, but... Um, Totally different this week. We saw Ole Miss last year. I mean, really, uh, uh, the first half of the season, the schedule broke kind of well and uh, started off quick. Uh, and I know what they can do, and they can, you know, they can run like the wind, and they can. Uh, Jackson Dart looked in midseason form last week, but darn, I, I just think this Tulane is is still with Willie Fritz. You give him that many points. Uh, he is worth something. I think we have to look back in retrospect. 2021 was a lost season at Ole Miss. I'm sorry, at Tulane, uh, because of the hurricane early in the season, displaced the team. They really had problems in that, that whole season throwout, and that was proven last year, and they played so well. They're also now 13-2 and against the spread, as well as straight up since last year. And Michael Pratt, even though uh, Willie Fritz has lost some guys from last year, he's still got Michael Pratt, who was nearly flawless last week against South Alabama, 14-15. Didn't make a mistake. And that was a pretty decent team that uh, Tulane didn't have much trouble with last week against South Alabama. Uh, this is a very live dog. I don't know that Tulane can win this game, but I think they play Ole Miss very, very close. One of the better games of the weekend, I think. 31-28 Ole Miss, I think they win. I don't think they cover that spread 7-7.5 wow. tomorrow. Down in Yulman Stadium in New Orleans. Bruce, up here in Starkville, are we bringing in a Pac-12 team in for the first time in 20 years uh, to Davis White Stadium? Arizona comes in. It's a program that's been getting better and better each year under Jed Finch. How do you feel about their number against Mississippi State this week? Yeah, they are getting better, and they improved last year after the Bulldogs went into Tucson uh, when Coach Leach was still around, and they won that game 39-17. 
Uh, Jaden Delara transferred quarterback in from Washington State last year. Once he got the hang of it, he really started to run that Jed Fish offense pretty effectively. And uh, they did some good things as the season went on, including a win at UCLA late in the season. So, And they're also one of the Pac-12 teams that won, like they all did last week. They're 13-0 and the Pac-12 into this week. But I really think Zach Arnett is, um, has got the Bulldogs on the right track. Uh, I think he was uh, unfortunate circumstances, of course, to take over. But I think he was ready for a head coaching job. Uh, I love the fact Mike Wright is on his team now, and they were able to spot him in there last week. Uh, he gained 85 yards on five carries. There's so many different ways they can use Wright. Vanderbilt never should have let him get away. Uh, he's going to be the difference. I, I think I think um, Wright and Jalen Miller at Alabama are the two fastest guys in the SEC. And even during the, the, the Leach years, um, they, there wasn't a guy like Wright on the team who could be such a game-breaker like that. So you'll see him get used a little bit more. Uh, by the way, I remember down in Nashville, in SEC media days in July, um, mm-hmm. I asked Coach Arnett about <laughs> Wright. He looked like the cat that swallowed the canary. He said, yeah, we're thinking about some ways to use him, and we will. Uh, I think that, that uh, takes Arizona out of the game tomorrow. 38-24, Bulldogs. I'm going to lay the points at Mississippi State in this one. I'm feeling really good now because that's the exact score that I predicted on my podcast, so I, I must be on to something if me and Bruce Marshall are agreeing. The 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 game that we talked about earlier, yeah, the game we talked about earlier this week is having. You know, there's always one line that it just smells right. It's a little fishy. Utah giving seven and a half to Baylor on Saturday. Utah with a great win over Florida last week. Baylor with an awful loss to Texas State. That line seems off, Bruce. What do you think? I think it is. I think it reacted too much to last week. I don't think it should be that high. Although I am not that pro Baylor this year. Uh, because um, a, a year ago they really had a drop-off from 2021. They didn't run the ball nearly as well last year, about a little over a yard less per carry than they had in 2021. And, uh, you know, shaping the quarterback I think is just sort of average. Now, he is out for this game. Sawyer Robertson, Mississippi State, guys remember him? as He's in the program in Starkville and uh, has some upside there, and they really gave him a shot to win the job in the summer. Uh, Dave Aranda opted for the experience, but they think Robertson is going to be fine when he takes more snaps. Now, he was moving the team last week against Texas State when they were way behind. Uh, last couple drives ended in turnovers, but, um, you know, he's been in, he's going to be in the saddle the next couple weeks. They like him, um, and, uh, I, I think, you know, this is going to be uh, pretty interesting for Baylor and that spread. Utah Rising will probably play for Utah. Uh, early kickoff in Waco, but I think it's too many points, and I think uh, the Baylor Plus is worth it. Aranda, by the way, has a very good record as an underdog, 9-4 and four last 13. Sort of his role in Utah ain't in Salt Lake City this week. They're going to be all out just to win this game. Taking Baylor plus the points, not sure they can win it outright. 27-24 Utah, my score forecast, but plus the points, Baylor, the vote tomorrow. Bruce Marshall, BAMSports.net is the website. The game of the day, or at least it's where Game day is going. Texas, Alabama. Everybody this offseason talked about how this is Texas's time. They are back. Are they? Uh, not yet. Not by me. I mean, they're back to, you know, where they were in the Charlie Strong years. They're not back to where they were in the Tom Herman years. 
Tom Herman's first two years are a heck of a lot better than Sarkeesian's, who, by the way, is only 14 and 12 at Texas. I, I need to be convinced more. In fact, his two best games last year, they had been the Oklahoma game when the Sooners had no quarterback. The Texas game, when they only lost by one, and they did play well. And that was when Quinn Ewers got knocked out early and Hudson Card came in and kept them close. And they sort of, you know, flustered Bryce Young a little bit last week, and those Texas, uh, the pass coverage scheme sort of bothered them. But, I mean, they also had B. John Robinson last year. Uh, they don't this year. I think a great running back like that is hard to replace. I'm still not convinced about Ewers. And like I mentioned a moment ago, Jalen Milrow, I mean, he's like the anchor leg on the 400-meter relay. He is that fast. Uh, he looked he looked better than I think Alabama people were even hoping last week because we you know his ability to make plays and to improvise off a broken plays but also I mean the deep ball he threw for the touchdown was just right on the on a dime last week um, I think he's going to be just fine and Coach Saban you know he's never lost to a former assistant in Tuscaloosa he's only lost two overall. Now, Sarkeesian did make a point. He said, well, he hasn't, Coach Saban hasn't lost to anybody, and that's, that's sort of true. But um, I like that angle with him against his former assistant. This, this line is not high enough. Uh, in fact, I like Alabama a lot. That's a solid BAM alert, we call it. Uh, feature play this week. 35-18, Crimson Tide rolling. By the way, Joe Namath will be there wow. uh, for uh, ESPN on the pregame, and uh, I will guarantee you he picks uh, Alabama when they get to the round table. Just hope Susie Colber is is not there. Uh, last one with you, uh, Texas A and M. Interesting game at Miami. I don't know how to feel about this one, so uh, help me out there. A and M at Miami. I don't either. Except I can't get, bring myself to lay points with A and M on the road yet. I know Wigman is starting to look like he might be okay. I'm not going to get carried away by the New Mexico game um, last week, especially since Rocky Long is not there coordinating the Lobo defense anymore. Uh, but Weekman, though, I mean, it's his career stats now. Not too many games, but 13 TD passes, no picks. That's got to make Jimbo happy. So far, the Petrino thing, uh, one game, let's see how this works. I still think that's a combustible situation with Petrino calling the plays. I'm more impressed by what Miami did last week. Uh, Miami, oh, is not a bad MAC team. They took them apart. And I think Tyler Van Dyke, from what I hear, they, they believe they have sort of straightened out what they did wrong last year, and they did a lot wrong with him last year. This kid was a peripheral Heisman contender in the last season, and they wrecked him with that offense. But they've gone back. It's a more quarterback-friendly offense right now. Shannon Dawson, the new coordinator. Um, this is an offense more tailored to Van Dyke. He looked good in the opener last week. I think Miami gets him. I am not, I'm not taking Jimbo on the road. And I know there's questions about Cristobal, too, and I'm not sold on him either. But I'm taking the Canes to avenge that loss in College Station last year. 28-23 Miami on uh, tomorrow. Bruce, thank you so much for your time, as always. We'll talk to you again next week, and good luck this weekend. Uh, thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. As Bruce Marshall, BAMSports.net is where you go if you want his full complement of picks. He's got NFL. It's a really, actually, a really great looking website, but got NFL, college football. He'll do college basketball when that starts as well. Even do some soccer and hockey uh, when those seasons pick up around here as well. Bruce joined us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. 601-879-4395 is the text line. We'll have a special guest join us at 5 o'clock, at least uh, according to plan. His name? Richard? Is it Cross? Cross. Richard Cross will join us. Cruz. Cruz. Uh, Cruz. Will, will join us. That's at, a, it's uh, a soft O. <laughs> 
We'll be right back. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. Another one of those really cool messages we just got. We appreciate you guys. Said I live in Diaberville, but I'm on a work trip to Montreal. I've listened to y'all while I've been here. Appreciate you guys. And he says, Hail State. Thank you, man. You gotta, you gotta say the whole thing. Montreal. Quebec. Quebec, Canada. Yeah. That's awesome. Gotta get it all in there. Yeah, it's great. We have uh we have an app. I mean, you can listen to us any way you want. Podcast, if wherever you get your podcast, after the show, commercial free, sports talk Mississippi. You can watch live, super talk.fm slash watch. We also have an app for your smart TV. So if you have Fire Stick, Roku, whatever. If your TV has access to the internet, which they all do now, if you're buying a new TV, you you do. We have an app, Super Talk app. You can watch us live, and uh, of course via our mobile app on your phone as uh, as well. We are everywhere, as uh, as it turns out. So everywhere. Yes, let's. Uh, I like that. I like being everywhere. That crowd debate keeps raging on. By the way. Uh, about state in Arizona tomorrow, people are uh, talking about that. Still not going to touch it, huh? We're gonna wait. I'm gonna. I, I want. I want information. I want. I want. I want to have more information. I'm really excited about that. I, I, there are some weekends where I'm not excited about the games that feature our teams, but we got to kind of have to act like we are. Last weekend, I was not excited to watch Mercer and Southeastern Louisiana. I, I just, I wasn't. And I know these two guys are like, oh, you hate football. I hate bad football, and that was bad football. That sucked. Let's be honest. Though That was not an enjoyable Saturday in Mississippi for college football. It wasn't. Absent your team winning, you in the stands did not, like, enjoy at least the second half of those games. There's no way. This is going to be fun. Games that you should win, at least for Ole Miss and State anyway. With all due respect to Southern Miss, a little bit different in Tallahassee. Games that you should win. They'll be right back at it next week. Against teams that will test you. And we are going to learn so much. I'm fired up about watching football tomorrow. And I I, I can't always say that, but tomorrow, I'm fired up. Fired up to see Kevin Barbet and how creative he can get if he needs to anyway. He may not need to, but if he needs to... I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see Pete Golding dial up some blitzes because they are a lot more intricate and creative than what you saw last year. Even the Alabama fans that hate him would agree with that statement that what Ole Miss did defensively last year is a lot less creative than what we're going to see them do tomorrow. Just, I guess I'm a nerd because I'm excited to learn things, which sure. I couldn't say that in school. I, I uh I would I would have been excited regardless. So I'm not I'm not a good test study in this. Like once we get to the first weekend of Labor at before Labor Day, my excitement level pretty much remains the same each and every week. It's maxed out. It's 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 on it's it's on the ceiling. It's as high as it's gonna go. Zach says, Am I more excited for state Arizona or Furman, South Carolina? 
Uh, I'm going to put a caveat in there. Furman, South Carolina, if it's close. They don't even have to win that game. They don't have to win. Just let it be close, please. J- just, if it's close, the amount of text I'm going to send tomorrow. God, you guys thought you were close, winning nine games just, and you can't even beat Furman? Furman? If it's close, then then everybody, you know, everybody who was high on South Carolina was off. Hey, Dad, I'm just going to keep poking you, okay? Because we get this message. Is he going to rant to the fan base that the stadium isn't full? What about 92% full? What about 80% full? What's the number? First of all, he says rant at his fan base. This is not Hey, Dad's fan base. You have fans. We don't have that. I don't have 60,000 people showing up at a stadium to see me play. I don't know. I want to see what the stadium looks like. I can't be any clearer than that. 80% of 60,000 is 48,000. That, if you want a number that's, that's for a, not, hey, that, that's not good unacceptable number. That's not, that's not an acceptable number. That's, that's 12,000 empty seats for a night game with good weather against a Power 5 opponent coming off of a nine-win season. That, that isn't good enough. Yeah, speaking of, beautiful weather upcoming tomorrow. Uh, at least in Starkville, high of 86, but here, here's the kicker, low of 64. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a night-ish kickoff. The sun will still be up when the ball kicks off, but sun sets at, ele- at just after 7 tomorrow in Starkville. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to cool down on you fast. It's going to be a really nice night of football. Might, might need to bring a jacket. Possibly. A, a light one, anyway. Yeah. And a towel! <laughs> Uh, for what it's worth, New Orleans, uh, partly cloudy tomorrow, so that might help, but the heat index is still like 100, but high of 89 tomorrow in New Orleans. The football game you're going to will be in a dome. Yes, sir. You ain't got no worries. Yeah, 72 degrees, <laughs> man. I've even got a long sleeve shirt that I might wear because I know I'm going to be comfortable inside. Where do you? Uh, where are you going to eat Saturday night? I haven't decided yet. I'm trying to talk him into Pesh, if you've ever been there. Pesh is good. It's good. I'll, I'll tell you where you should go. Where? Should go to Giacomo's. Oh, been there, love it. That's such a good restaurant. The the only concern is a lot of the places that you want to go to aren't conducive of watching a bunch of football games. Like it's all about like your Giacomo's would be like that too. Yeah, they yeah. would not be. Yeah, yeah. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Uh, Richard Cross will do his weekly segment on the show when we come back. It's sports talk. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Uh. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Hey, hey, Dad, you ready to laugh? Yeah. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian. Hey, Dad. Glad to be with you. Having fun on this Friday. Appreciate you guys being with us. We go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Richard Cross on the road somewhere in New York. Rochester, right? Something like that. Yeah, that wasn't the plan uh, when I went to bed last night. 
Um, so I, I put my head on the pillow about midnight last night. Uh, the alarm was set for 3 a.m. and 3.05 a.m. I thought two alarms was sufficient. Um, I had a 5.45 flight out of Memphis this morning. Uh, Jane kind of like shook my shoulder at about 5.45, and she said, are you late? Uh, yeah, I was supposed to get up three hours ago. So I have no idea what happened. I have no recollection of like hitting snooze or turning my alarm off. Jane is usually a light sleeper. It would have woken her up. That didn't happen. I, I'm wondering if my phone, and uh, you guys are smarter than I am, so you can tell me if, uh, if, did I just say that out loud? I didn't mean to say that out loud. Clip it. I didn't mean yeah, I didn't mean to say you guys are smarter than I am out loud, but I, I guess I did. No, like, could, could my phone have done an update overnight and it caused whatever alarm settings were on there to go off? That doesn't even make sense. I think I just slept through it. I don't know if that's possible, though. Like, something had yeah. to have happened. Some kind of update or something. Yeah, so uh, instead of flying into Syracuse through Charlotte out of Memphis, I... Spent about an hour on the time on the uh, phone with a travel agent this morning, and I went Memphis to Charlotte, Charlotte to Rochester, which is about 70 miles west of Syracuse, and now I'm driving from Rochester to Syracuse. Nice. Well, getting there either way, I guess. All right, so uh, you want to play two questions with us, Richard? This is when we're supposed to do it. Would you like to do it with us? Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's start in... Uh, Starkville, I was about to say Tucson. Uh, that would have been a, a, a change. Uh, Mississippi State, if they're going to beat Arizona tomorrow, they absolutely must do what? Hey, Dad. Dominate the line of scrimmage the same way they did a season ago. Uh, offensively, you know, when you think back to last year, State rushed for over 100 yards in this game in the air raid with the running game just being kind of an afterthought. Now that it's more of the focus, I expect to see a lot of success running the ball. And then on the other side, you know, with Crumity back in, in the lineup, I expect him and Pickering to be able to, to enforce their will against this Arizona offensive line. This is a, an improved Arizona team, but up front, I just don't think they have the horses to go with Mississippi State. Richard, you got one? Yeah, I think they've got to pressure, uh, pressure Jaden DeLora. I, I mean, he, a year ago, Mississippi State got a lot of pressure on him. They got him outside the pocket. They got him on the run. But then he didn't take advantage of getting outside the pocket and making plays with his legs. He kind of forced things with his arm. I'm, if I'm Mississippi State, I'm making him prove that he has matured as a quarterback and he's going to take, you know, kind of what is there. I want to try to force him into mistakes again. So I, I think it starts with that defensive line. Perhaps a big day for Jaden Crumity and uh, Mississippi State putting pressure on Delara. By the way, this is the College Football Fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. We'll tell you more about that here in one second. For me, it's uh, big plays, both capitalizing on the opportunities to make them and limiting Arizona. Because as Zach Arnett said, and he was right, by the way, I looked into it, Arizona, one of the best teams in college football a year ago, at explosive plays, plays for uh, 20 yards or longer. They played Northern Arizona last week. It's hard to tell, but it looked like that was a continuation of what they were a year ago. I don't think Arizona can just drive the football down the field 10, 15, 20, whatever it may be, play drives and beat Mississippi State. So if you limit big plays, I think you can win. And then when those opportunities present themselves to you, you have to capitalize. There were a couple of missed opportunities last Saturday. Got to capitalize on those 
if you're going to beat Arizona. On the flip side, what can they absolutely not do if they want to win the game tomorrow? With State, you know, obviously the uh, the secondary is still where they're untested. Uh, with Delora, this is a good, fast group of receivers. They can't give up those big plays like you were just discussing right there. Uh, they 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 need to you know rely on their their defensive line to create pressure because that's what happened last year. They got pressure. Delora forced the ball into bad situations and they they caused turnovers. They got three picks in that game. They need a similar day if if. If Arizona can attack Mississippi State over the top, that's going to make for a long day. Hey, Dad, I'm going to see if I can make you laugh here. Mississippi can't be one-dimensional on offense. And what I mean by that is they can't only run the football. They've got to be committed to taking some shots down the field, not just dump it out of the backfield, not just throw it to Woody Marks on a swing route on some check down stuff. They've got to pressure Arizona with the passing game in addition. It's almost like we want to see balance. I'm not saying 50-50, but I'm saying balance in the run game versus the throw game, including some shots down the field. Uh, We're getting kind of close up against a break, so if we have to continue over through the commercial, we absolutely will do that too. New Orleans, Kind of a muggy New Orleans, a little bit hot, but maybe the clouds will help. Doesn't matter. Ole Miss at Tulane. If the Rebels are going to win the game, they absolutely must do what? Let's keep the same rotation. Hey, Dad, you go first. We talked about it earlier in the game, right? Fast start. Fast start. Knock the crowd out of it. Knock Tulane out of it. 14, 17, 21 points in the first quarter. Hit those big plays early. That's the old Miss MO. That's how they win football games is by knocking you out in the first round. And then you're just sort of, you know, you're just dead on your feet for the next three quarters. They got to keep that going. You know, they, they can't let Pratt have any confidence. They've got to get out to a really quick start. So a big start is, is good news for the old Miss Rebels. Morky, I'm going to go with a defensive must-do. I think the Ole Miss offense is going to be okay, whether it's through the air with Jackson Dart and you know whatever receivers he's got available or on the ground with Quinshawn Judkins. So I'm going to go to a defensive. You know, we talked a lot about pass rush. Uh, you know, more than just Cedric Johnson, they're going to have to put some pressure on Michael Pratt. Look, we can we can talk about what Tulane lost. We can talk about the fact that they're in the American Conference. The bottom line is Michael Pratt is a good college quarterback. He's going to get a shot in the NFL next year. I don't care what level you're playing at, whether it's Patrick Mahomes on opening night of the NFL last night or it's Michael Pratt with Tulane. If you put pressure consistently on the quarterback and make them uncomfortable, you can force them into mistakes. All this got to put pressure on Michael Pratt. Yeah, that, uh, that's mine as well. I actually podcasted about that this morning. It, it, that's that's the biggest key in this game is, is Ole Miss generating pass rush uh, figuring out, besides, as you said, Cedric Johnson, it just uh, can you get that from the front four? Are they going to have to bring pressure? doesn't matter if you don't pressure him uh, because that's the thing they struggled with a year ago. If they struggle with that on Saturday as well, they're going to get beat. And so can they get after Michael Pratt and test that knee out? I know that sounds kind of morbid and callous, but find out if he's 100%. Pressure him. Make him move around in the pocket a little bit. He's a really good runner as well. Uh, so, hey, Morty, one thing, one thing real quick. By the way, if you want to get all the news on Ole Miss football, you can do so with the Rebel Report podcast. Ah, by Michael Borky. Ah. It is available to you wherever you get your podcast and online at supertalk.fm. All right, we got a minute and a half here before music starts. So let's uh, We can squeeze them in and, and again, uh, of course, carry it over. What can they absolutely not do? 
Kind of, kind of the opposite of what I said, right? If Ole Miss gives up points in the first quarter, if they let the crowd stick around, if they let Pratt complete some passes, if they let Tulane get a stop in the first half or first quarter, you know, these road games against group of five teams, it's all about hope for those guys, and they, they let they let the crowd feed off of that. It's what happened to State at Memphis a couple of years ago. You can't allow that to happen. Yeah, kind of along the same lines, but but phrasing it differently. Almost can't turn the ball over, so I, I will say protect the football. Can't turn the ball over. You want Jackson Dart to be aggressive. You want him to push the ball down the field, but you don't want him to be careless. And of course, Quinchon Judkins, who has not had an issue with putting the ball on the ground, don't want to start that tomorrow. Got to take care of the football. Can't turn it over if you want to have success. Yeah, that, that's. I mean, that's how they beat South Alabama last week. I mean, South Alabama turned the football over five times, and even still, they were down a touchdown late in the third quarter. It spiraled out of control on them. But South Alabama got beat by Tulane because they they made mistakes. And credit Tulane for forcing turnovers. There's two parties involved in a turnover, and one of them is the defense. But South Alabama turned it over five times, had a turnover on downs as well. So if you want to count that, there's six. And seven of Tulane's possessions started on their 43-yard line or better. Five of them in opponent territory. If Ole Miss plays clean and protects the football, they should be able to outman uh, Tulane. So we'll see if they can do that. This has been your college football fixture by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Test drive one today. I know football starts early tomorrow with Wake Forest and uh, and Vanderbilt, but still, you got time to test drive an F-150 before our games begin do that at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Rich, you're going to hang around for food? Absolutely. We're going to talk about food when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll also tell you about how you can get involved in our Pick 6 contest if you have not already when we come back. Richard Borky, hey Dad, with you on this Friday. We'll be right back. Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Borky, he's Haydad Richard with us as well from the road. You guys want to win free meat, don't you? I mean, who doesn't want to win free meat on us? You can do that. Supertalk.fm slash Polks. That's where you go. All you have to do, you've got six games you have to pick, and it's just winners. No spread, just winners. You got Ole Miss Tulane, Arizona, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, Florida State, Texas, Alabama, AM, Miami, and Auburn and Cal just pick the winners. And also fill in a tie-breaking score total for Texas and Alabama. If you win, you get a prize pack of Polk's meat on us. This is Food Friday, by the way, presented by Polk's. Uh, the best the best segments we have on this show sometimes are not talking about sports, and especially when we're talking about what we're cooking and eating. And now that it's football season, this segment should even be better than it usually is. What are you bringing to the tailgate? What are you cooking this weekend when you're watching your football games? It's Food Friday presented by Polk's. Picky people pick Polk's. All right, guys. So, hey, hey, you missed 
something for Borky. It's not just it's not just you've got a chance to win a prize package of meat. You've got a chance, hey Dad, to win some sausage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. There it is. Sorry. I just needed to do that. All right. We appreciate that. No, so you did good. You did good. We're all working this weekend. I feel like our menus aren't going to be as good as they usually are. Well, you know, that's that's on you. What's yours? Some of us, yes. Well, I've got I've got Sunday to, to cook. Um, so, I'm making... The, just the name of this is ridiculous, but I saw Malcolm Reed cooking them, and I was like, I'm going to make those. Uh, Cheese-stuffed, bacon-wrapped Italian sausages. That's what I'm making. Uh, so you take an Italian sausage. Bacon wrap, yeah. Italian sausage. Yes. Correct. Take an ch- Italian sausage, you sl- put a slit in it, open it up a little bit, throw a string cheese in there, fold her back up, wrap it up in bacon, to the grill you go, let that grill get uh, nice, you know, get the bacon nice and crispy, and it's done. So I'm making those. Nice. Richard, yeah, right. are you able to do anything this weekend? Yeah, so uh, assuming that I don't sleep three hours late on Sunday morning, I am on a, uh, a 6 a.m. flight out of uh, out of Syracuse that uh, connects in Charlotte, I think, and gets back into Memphis at like 11, 1045, 11. So, yeah, I'll be home Sunday afternoon, have some NFL football going on Sunday uh, so yeah, I, I think late Sunday afternoon, early Sunday evening, we'll uh, we'll fire up the grill. I would be lying if I told you I know exactly what's going to happen, but um, just in case, I needed a reminder that uh, Polk's Cajun sausage was amazing on Monday morning when we did it with breakfast. So that's going to be part of it. And uh, my guess, you know what I want to do? I, I haven't done these in a long time. I want to do pork chops. So I'm going to go to, uh, to LB's, which is kind of my local butcher shop, and go see Greg and tell him I need some big cut pork chops. We're going to do those and uh, probably put a little Tony Sacheries and maybe a little Greek seasoning on them and uh, might uh, elicit some help from uh, my wife and kids on the sides. I'll take care of the meat, and uh, they can handle the sides. So we'll, we'll double up on the pork with, uh, with some Polk's Cajun sausage and then some pork chops. Uh, so I will be cooking nothing. Somebody else will be doing all of that for me this weekend. And uh, Mike is our first text and uh, inspiration, at least for me, coming. This is his weekend. Mike's on his way to New Orleans. He said he's uh, passing Byram right now. Tonight, half a dozen each of barbecue oysters and Italian oysters, followed by a plate of fried catfish at Middendorf's. a boy. So before okay. you get in town. Tomorrow is a, he says, a fresh almond croissant. And a hey dad, help me out with that pronunciation. Where am I looking here, Mike, Mike in Oxford? Yeah. So uh, third paragraph down. What uh, on earth is that? Oh, you need to go there while you're in New Orleans to La Boulangerie. La Boulangerie. Okay. It sounds that like is, a place that, that I don't know fr- if I actually want to go to. If you catch my drift. Well, like it's French, French for it's French for the bakery. Okay. It's a bakery. It's run by the same guy who owns Cochon, and it is okay. it is Robert right, St. John's. It is Robert St. John's absolute favorite breakfast spot in New Orleans. I'm in. All you had to do was say Cochon, yeah. and I was in. And they you like bread? Right. It's there. Yeah, go yeah. there. All right, so Borky, I know your trip for New Orleans. You get you got buddies, and you guys you're working tomorrow afternoon. What time are you getting to New Orleans tomorrow? So or are you going to go down tonight? We're leaving at seven tomorrow morning. 
Okay, so you've got, what, two and a half, three hours from Jackson? Yeah, about three by the time we get to the hotel and all that all that stuff, yeah. All right, so are you going to give me this nonsense about you got to start working like right away no. when you get oh, there? No, or you all, all I'm doing is, is post-game stuff. So I just I need to be somewhere to obviously watch the game and take notes and then jet up to the hotel post-game and then it's back out. So no, I will be enjoying myself up until 2.30. All right. Do you guys already have brunch plans? Or what, we what's don't. The, what's the okay? So, if if I were in your shoes, it would be it would be one of two things, um, and, and I think it would only be one thing because I just love it so much. I would go sit at the bar at Mister B's and order barbecue shrimp and maybe a little gumbo yaya. I'm not the biggest gumbo guy, but I feel like I have to eat gumbo yaya at Mister B's. Um, so hot though. Yeah, I know. I, I might skip on that, but I don't really care what the temperature is outside as it pertains to the barbecue shrimp. It's just so messy. Yeah. You get that French bread and tear it off and sop up the uh, the sauce that that barbecue shrimp comes in. I, I think that's the route that I would go. The other would be if you can get into Brennan's and do brunch there. It's just unbeaten. Although, if you can get into Brennan's at like nine ish on Sunday morning, that'd be a heck of a brunch right before you went to the Saints game on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm more excited about pregame for Sunday uh, with with all the brunch options there. Uh, just who knows what it's going to be like us getting down and and all that stuff. But yeah, I'd, I'm trying to talk the group into going to Pesh after the game on Saturday. Oh, good call. But the the issue, Richard, is this is how stupid that our minds work and my mind works. There are very little TVs in the place. And so by the time that game ends and I finish post-game recording and all that and we meet up, that's like when Alabama and Texas is kicking off. And that's when Mississippi State and Arizona is kicking off. And so are we really going to sit down for an hour and a half and not be able to see those games? I don't know if I'm going to be successful in that, but that place is awesome. Well, you can have a couple of phones up on the table and, and kind of keep an eye on the uh, on the games. The last time I was at Pesh, they had an appetizer. You know those... Uh, what, what is it they call them? The, the Alabama barbecue crackers or whatever. It's basically just saltines that are like the, the Alabama fire sauce or hot sauce or whatever. It's kind of a – it's not a sauce so much as a – what am I trying to say? Hey, they those super hot crackers with like a smoked fish dip. Al- Alabama you know what you're talking about. crackers, is that what they call them? They're just hot, hot crackers. I know what you're talking about. You, you say yeah, hot crackers, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, they're they are fantastic with like a, a smoked fish dip and the table next to us last time at Pesh, like they got the the fish special and it was like a full trout with like the head still on it when it came out that. on the table. That's a lot of fish. I, I don't know, trout's not necessarily my favorite, but the presentation's pretty good. Yeah, not many great. Uh... Like sports watching, all the good bars in New Orleans are not like sports bars. They're they're like old timey with somebody playing a piano and stuff like that. So having to find a place that can accommodate you know a group of sports fans is going to be kind of tough. Are you guys going to go to Pato's late Saturday night? Late Saturday night. If I can get them to do it, yeah. Yeah, we're a bunch of old, you know what's now. There's like five kids in the not with us, but. Dads of five kids in the group, or something like that. So they I might. I don't know that you ever age out of Pato's. I know it's cliche. I know it's tourist, but it's so much fun every time. Sometimes cliche and tourist is fun. I mean, there's a reason that everybody wants to go there, right? That's about as far as I would go down Bourbon Street, but yeah, you know, yeah, not not a big fan. I don't know. Maybe end up at Lucy's because our hotel is in the 
um, warehouse district. And so we're like two okay. blocks from uh, from Lucy's. That might be the spot. I don't know. We're going to try to play it by ear best we can. But uh, a lot of texts came in. Richard, be safe. Uh, have a good call. Uh, Western Michigan. We get a good look at a Mississippi State opponent tomorrow. I'm on the interstate. I got a good signal. I'd love to hang with you for another segment. And yeah. uh, by the way, a lot of people staying at home in Mississippi and watching football tomorrow. When you go to the grocery store, make sure you get the uh, the Polk smoked sausage because nobody's about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk. That's right. So uh, we'll read a bunch of your texts have come in. Uh, a lot of good options for sure. A lot of people traveling to New Orleans as well. I I, I think I like my pick on the over in terms of uh, of ten thousand. I think I'm still sticking with the over. That's a lot of people, and prices are plummeting. By the way, if you're uh, if you're thinking about going. Uh, you can now get in for back under $80, which uh, like three days ago was 200 So uh, a late price drop, if that's your thing. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Richard joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. We're in the Pearl River Resort studio. I'm Borky. He's Hey Dad. Having a lot of fun on this Friday. We finished two questions. We talked Southern Miss with Luke. We got picks with Bruce. Played you Russian and Belarusian uh, tennis audio. That made Haydad laugh right. so hard. Uh, I mean, it's been a full show, and we appreciate you guys hanging out. But we're not done yet. More Food Friday when we come back. Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. some of these messages. I'm Borky. He's Haydad Richard with us as well. Peyton's making tri-tip smoked queso and a three-cheese sausage. Enjoy that, buddy. That sounds great. Jeremy in Columbia sends us okay. a picture. Haydad, do you see this picture? Say he's smoking a brisket and he's going to make some Texas Twinkies, is what he said. It's your standard jalapeno popper with brisket stuffed inside. And then tomorrow night, they'll be smoking some Wildcats. Hail State, that's Jeremy in Columbia. Those sound like something I'd like to have had for lunch today. Oh, wait. I did have that for lunch today. Oh, you did? Wait, cat? I had a Texas Twinkie for lunch today. No, no cats. I had a uh, <laughs> no. I had a Texas Twinkie for lunch today. Hey, Dad. What is wrong? You own cats. Terrible. I didn't eat any cats. That's what you said? No. No. I had a Texas Twinkie for lunch. <laughs> Uh, Kyle's going simple, but that's a good simple. Kyle, sausage cream and cheddar cheese and crackers. Uh, it just you can't you can't go wrong with that when watching uh, the game. Hey, Dan wants to know who the annoying guy on the phone is. Mm. Richard, you know what, guys? I, I so so much of the reputation of New York is just New York City. You know, concrete jungle, sidewalks, tall buildings, whatever. Western New York is beautiful. And, and like, between yeah. Rochester and, and Syracuse, I'm on Interstate 90 headed east toward Syracuse. I'm in, like, New York farm country. Here, here's an exit for Ithaca, New York. And, like, I'm seeing silos and stone farmhouses and really cool barns. 
told I told Borky this during the break, hey Dad. I passed what looked like one of the cooler gas stations I've seen. So not don't don't think Bucky's. It's not like you know the Disney World of gas stations, but it kind of fits with the landscape. So it was in the shape of like a, a tall barn, but it was all glass. And and so if you've ever driven in New York or New Jersey, you don't necessarily have to take an exit into a town to go to a gas station like we're kind of familiar with. It's just like almost like a rest stop. You just pull off the interstate. So they had the gas on one side of it. And in this one gas station, they had signs on there for Chick-fil-A, Shake Shack, and Starbucks all in the same location. That's a pretty good rest stop slash gas station. If you can meet all of man's needs at one place, he will beat a path to your door. Yeah, and that that kind of covers the needs, right? I mean, if you can do chick, yeah. I don't, what else do I need? Yeah, and, you got you yeah. got burgers, you got coffee, you got fried chicken. I mean, what more do you need? Fried chicken, cheese. Fried chicken, Richard. You missed it yesterday when uh, we talked about an item at uh, that's now being sold at Eagles games. It is mm-hmm. it's chicken. That is fried, fried in, chicken. F- in frosted flakes. So they they, co- they coat it in frosted flakes and then fry it. Okay. And then top it with cheese. Um, mm-hmm. What was it? Honey bacon. Honey honey crusted bacon. A, and then cherry ja- cherry jam with a ghost chili. It's a cherry and ghost chili jam. And it's not a bun. It's not on a bun. It's on two apple fritters. Oh, <laughs> are, the, are the apple fritters, like, I was with you right up until the point that you got to the apple fritters, and that feels like maybe just a bit too much. Like, up until yeah. that, it sounds yeah. good. Hey, Dad, yeah. you remember you, speaking of, of, of jams that taste good, you, you remember you tried out um, St. Leo, and you liked their, their wood-fired pizza in Oxford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I have discovered the best pizza that they have, and it, and it takes a little bit of adding on, but it's really simple. They have a bacon jam pizza, and then you add sausage to it. Oh, my goodness. I mean, like, I might need to try that if I'm ever there again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I would anticipate that you'll be back in Oxford at some point. Sound, sounds probable, yeah. So, yeah, put that on the, uh, the list of things to try. Bacon jam, though, really good. I'm going to give a, a shout-out here uh, on the text line. said, uh, Borky, you want good barbecue. So this is for you Ole Miss fans traveling to New Orleans. If you want uh, if you want good barbecue, he said, go to my friend Michael on South Claiborne under the Highway 90 overpass just across from the expressway from the Superdome. I will. I will go check him out and uh, appreciate uh, that recommendation. And and everybody's going to be there now that you told me to say that. So, uh, no, but uh, thank you for the uh, for the invite for uh, for sure. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. Uh, Robert is keeping it simple. He said, "Dude, just take that Polk smoked sausage and make a cheese plate and sprinkle some uh, rendezvous fry rub seasoning on top of it, and it's a game changer." It, you can never ever go wrong with a good sausage and cheese plate ever. It's always a hit. It's a true story. Yes, I haven't heard one person say, eh, "I could take it or leave it." No, nobody is doing that. You show up at somebody's house and there's a sausage and cheese platter. You're eating it. You're happy. What do you, What do you do for the extra? 
right? I mean, so you, you know you're doing the sausage. You know you're doing the cheese. You're going to put out some crackers that go along with it. You're going to sprinkle some sort of seasoning that you like. But then for that last thing, like do you do the, um, the, the yellow peppers or do you do pickles or do you not need anything extra? Banana peppers. For I me. like having some. I just want some crackers. I, I, I just want to put cracker, sausage, cheese, go. And if I'm feeling really spicy, I'll do a jalapeno. And, no doubt about that. The jalapenos are great on it. Yes, uh, yes, they are. So, uh, Food Friday presented by Polk's. Hey, Richard, uh, I asked Hayden the same question. Uh, aside from our games, because we've talked about them a lot, what's the one game that you're most looking forward to seeing the result of this weekend? Well, I mean, I feel like the low-hanging fruit is the Alabama-Texas game. I mean, yeah, it's a free space. That, yeah, that, that's the one that, that stands out because I, I saw this earlier today. Um, I think it was on Greeny's show on ESPN this morning. Only one time since the advent of the playoff has a team gotten to the college playoff with a non-conference loss. And if that is if that remains true this year, that means the loser of tomorrow night's game in Tuscaloosa is likely not making the playoff. And so kind of a de facto elimination game. That's not to say that either of those teams couldn't win out and possibly still get in and kind of buck that trend a little bit. But when you think about that game in those terms, it's like the stakes go up even more because – you know, the game itself kind of feels like a novelty. It's going to be a great crowd. You know, Texas fans making the trip. You know, Quinn Ewers is Texas back. You know, what about Jalen Milrow against a better defense? Oh, yeah. Texas is coming to the SEC starting next year. You got all of these things. But if you boil it down to the regular season is about getting into the playoff, and I kind of hate that we've done that, but, but in a lot of ways we have, then the loser of that game the odds are stacked against them uh, against playing in a, a playoff game in January. So I, I think that raises the stakes. I'm mildly interested in a game that's happening tonight. You got Indiana and Illinois. Is, is that right? Luke, or not, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's Illinois and Kansas. That's right. So, and, and Jalen Daniel is, we think, going to play. He's expected to play in this game. Missed the season opener last week. With, uh, with an injury issue, and you get Luke Altmyer, Mississippi boy, Starkville boy, former Ole Miss backup quarterback that uh, got a win in his debut last week at, uh, at Illinois. So I got a little bit of interest. As soon as I get to the hotel, I'm going to flip that one on tonight. Got a minute and a half uh, before music uh, anyway. You got final thoughts on Ole Miss Tulane, Mississippi State, Arizona? Man, I feel like we've got two fun matchups in, in week two of the season, right? I mean, so, you know, Borky needs Ole Miss to be tested so he can decide what uh, <laughs> what, what this Ole Miss team is. Uh, but, but the reality is they're facing a really good quarterback. I mean, when you think about the, the rest of the season for Ole Miss, you know, what quarterbacks are you going to play that are significantly better than Michael Pratt? I mean, you might play a quarterback that's better than Michael Pratt, but in terms of significantly better, I'm not sure that you're necessarily going to see that the rest of the way. So it's a challenge for the defense. Uh, I, I think we get a little bit better idea of what a Pete Golding defense is going to look like, even though it's game two. And a little more challenge for uh, for the Ole Miss offense. I'm curious to see if Quinshawn Judkins comes to life tomorrow after being used sparingly in the opener. And for this game on Mississippi State, I thought about this a lot on the plane today. It's like, do I have a good read on this game? Mississippi State is settled in at about a nine-point favorite. I think Mississippi State wins, 
I think they probably cover, but I'm not certain about that. I'm, I'm not certain of what I'm going to see from Arizona. I'm not 100% certain of what I'm going to see from uh, Mississippi State. I'm really excited about getting back to the room tomorrow night and going TV and iPad side-by-side and watching both of those games, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi State, Arizona at the same time. Well, we're kicking you off now. Have a good call. Be safe driving, and uh, we'll talk to you again on Monday. Thanks, boys. That was Richard Cross joining us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Uh, we got final thoughts with you next. Uh, it's been a fun week, I think. We've had some really good shows, honestly, at least uh, at least in my opinion, which you, know, you could argue that I'm biased, but that's okay. Uh, so we'll wrap those up with you next. If you have any final thoughts on these games or anything coming up this weekend, let us know. 601-879-4395. The C Spire text line is open for another 10 minutes with you. 601-879-4395. We'll be right back. to Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. If you listen to the show every day, you know that I am not the biggest fan of ESPN's coverage of college football. In fact, you know that I think it's a joke, because it is. They, they don't give it the credit it deserves. They spend hundreds of millions, if not billions at this point, to air the sport. And they treat it like it's nothing, but they prop up the NBA that performs much poorer than college football in every measurable category in terms of viewership, and they just cast college football aside. So, this comes with a little bit of bias. However, one graphic, one screenshot of their... Uh, show today tells you all you need to know about ESPN and college football. Again, it's one graphic, it's not a big deal, but it's just an example of how poor they are. Full screen, ESPN, notable SEC games on Saturday. Ole Miss at Tulane, 3.30 Eastern. Texas A&M at Miami, also 3.30 Eastern. Texas at Alabama, that's the big one, 7 o'clock Eastern. And there's two more games on this graphic. Notable SEC games on Saturday. Grambling at LSU. And McNeese State, or is it just McNeese now, at Florida. Not Arizona, Mississippi State, or Auburn, Cal. Those aren't notable. But Grambling LSU is notable, and McNeese, Florida is. The two games that I just mentioned, Cal hosting Auburn and Arizona at Mississippi State are on ESPN-owned channels. One of them is just on ESPN. The other is on the SEC Network. So it's not like they're avoiding promoting CBS. But McNeese is more notable than Arizona and Cal. Somebody help me. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't help you on that one, friend. It's just garbage. It just shows how so out of so little attention to detail that they spend on college football. You're promoting McNeese and not Auburn going to Cal late night on your own network. Forget the Mississippi angle for a second. 
Why are you not putting Auburn Cal on this graphic? Why are you putting McNeese? But that's ESPN for you. Forgive, forgive me for that. Once again, Borky Jeremy says State gets no respect. I mean, how on Mississippi State, Arizona will be watched by significantly more people than McNeese, Florida. So it's not like you're, you know, they're promoting something that will get watched more. You can promote that game on every show you do for two weeks and nobody's going to watch it. Florida fans aren't even going to watch it. Is what it is at this point, man. Just, 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 just watch the games. You know what channel they're on. Yeah, it'll be okay. But when when fans feel slighted, this is the stuff that they can point to. You know, it's not everything's a conspiracy theory. It's like what, what are you doing? Worldwide leader in sports. All right, uh, hey Dad. Final prediction: Mississippi State, Arizona. Uh, I think state wins. Uh, you know, comfortably can be a. a an interesting word, but I'll tell you this. My prediction that I gave yesterday on Thunder and Lightning, or today on Thunder and Lightning, is the same that Bruce Marshall gave you today. So I must be doing something right. Mississippi State 38, Arizona 24. I'm going 35-24, so they cover. I'm taking it okay. basically right at the number. What is it, 10.5 still as of this morning anyway? Yeah. Over-under is 59.5, so you're, you are right there. Right there. 35-24 in favor of the Bulldogs. Ole Miss Tulane. Yeah, I think Ole Miss does get off to that fast start. Tulane will get some points late, but it won't be enough, and Ole Miss will score throughout the game. 45-24 Rebels. 42-28 for me, so along the same. A little closer. A little closer, but uh, along the the same lines, a cover there. Uh, Surprised that Bruce – I was surprised by two Bruce things, that he – when I said that line was fishy for Utah, I meant it should be like Utah minus 14 and a half. He went the other way on that. Yeah. But he, he thinks that that Ole Miss game is going to be close. I'm fascinated by that. I assume there's a lot of value in uh, home underdogs in games like that. I'm sure there is, yeah. Got to be. Uh, can Southern Miss cover, yes or no? Can no, they and will I, I just don't think so. I say no. I say no. I think they lose something like 45 to 13, something like that. Dwayne, we don't have time to answer this right now. If State loses, then what? Then you have to recalibrate That's, everything. That is what that is what next week's show is for. If State loses, I promise all next week on this show and on the Thunder and Lightning podcast, we will discuss what next. But you can't ask us that at 558. Yeah, no... Uh... Dwayne's like that boss who's like, I need this project completed immediately on 4.55 on a Friday. Like, uh, Sorry, boss. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys Monday. Thank you so much for being a part of our show this week. It's been a lot of fun. Hope you guys had fun as well. Uh, post-game content, uh, so you'll get uh, immediate instant reaction uh, for every game. Uh, but you'll get it, of course, this one as well. After Ole Miss Tulane, give me about 20 minutes. And post-game reaction will be up for you. Thunder and Lightning will do a post-game show as well for Mississippi State. Maybe not immediately, but uh, there will be a after-the-game Sunday afternoon. on Sunday. Yeah, yeah well, I, you know, some yeah. of us just work harder than others, and that's okay. But no, I'm uh, I'm kidding. I do five a week, right? Five, is four. that many I do? And how many? Well, that's, that's less than. That's one less. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you on Monday. Have a good weekend.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.